and these weird things like, oh, right now we're just talking. We're just talking. I'm like, what does that fucking mean? You're just talking. Like in the 80s, we just hooked up. Like you, you had enough like freaking wine coolers and strawberry boon farm sh oh, shit. <laughs> Cheap wine. What the fuck is boon farm? Oh, because just look it up. It's a Gen X thing. Cheers. So thank you for coming Blink. down to the good old Lake of Forest, Forest of Lake. Here we are. Don't stalk me. Don't come at me. Um, Gina's never had Prosecco. And so she goes, she texts me. She goes, I didn't know what to buy. So I went to Stater Brothers and bought the most expensive one. By the way, it's at Stater Brothers. So don't get your hopes up. And I was like, you're right. That's like a good $9, right? <laughs> so popping your cherry. Um, ha. It's been a long time, so hey, welcome, why not? Welcome. <laughs> but so Gina and I actually met at the spin studio that I teach at out in Huntington Beach, and I just absolutely we just absolutely clicked, and we just kind of talked about 100%, this, yeah. right? This like old soul energy that um, you claimed that we both have, which is really cool. I think it's the second time in my life anybody's ever said that to me. Um, so I thought that was cool to be like reiterated. But you're you're so right. I think that. We just have so much to talk about and there's never a lull and you're just so much fun. Also, always cussing up a storm, storm in class. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> only with the female leadership, not in the English class. We love, yeah, yeah, that's okay, that's okay. I mean, she's she's totally wholesome, never says anything bad. <laughs> never, ever, ever, ever. But um, one of the big reasons I wanted to bring you on um, is we really wanted to talk, well, a request a topic that I really had was general generational dating and... Um, you and I had talked about so much, you know, female leadership and dating, and I know that you've watched your kids grow and you've watched their relationships and you and I have even talked about like the differences in kind of generals and things like that. So I thought that you'd be such an amazing person to, to kind of have in here and, and, and talk through that. And because I think that you also don't have like a set in stone view on a lot of things. Um, cause it's kind of interesting. Cause I talked to my mom, like about like my dating life all the time. My mom was like, oh, I am shook at B. Like she literally thinks it's like the end of the world in like regards to what's happening in my life. So like, but you're like, oh yeah, that's like totally normal. Like yeah. it's not a thing. I've seen it a million times before. So, and I don't know if it, for me, if it's like more cultural than anything. Hmm. Could be. But, um, but anyways, okay. So you are married now. Yes. You have been divorced and obviously like you're remarried and you've only been through two marriages, correct? Correct. Um, and I really, upon reflecting as I was driving down here, I have come to uh, realize that I have pretty much been in a long-term relationship since I was 20 years old and I am 53. The longest I've ever been single was six months. Shut the front door. I know. I know. So it's bananas. A, so I have a question about this. And, mm -hmm. and I was thinking about like my personal dating life because I feel like I too am such like a monogamous person. Like yeah. one, I hate dating. It's painful and brutal. Two, it has nothing to do with the fact that you can't be alone, at least in my eyes, right? So yeah. mine are like, I think we're bred to just enjoy companionship and need companionship. Mm -hmm. Now, but I've seen that there's two narratives, right? One of being like, 
you need to learn again, right. To be on your own, to find yourself. And mm-hmm. the other one is where you and I kind of stand. We're like, whatever, if you find somebody, you kind of find someone. So- oh my gosh, sister. Okay. So when I was in high school, I never had boyfriends. I just hooked up all the time. Nice. Now, mind you, that's the eighties. So it's a, it's a whole different thing. Like my husband and I always joke, like we wouldn't have lasted because mm-hmm. somebody saying no just means try harder. I mean, so in the 80s, it was just kind of a free-for-all. There's no social media. I didn't want a boyfriend. Um, And then I ended up dating my best, one of my best friends who was a guy. And we ended up being together for four years. Broke up with him. I had like a six-month crazy hiatus in the 90s, like early 90s. It was fantastic. And then I met my first husband. Mm -hmm. Um, I did live with roommates. I felt like I had, you know, gone away to college. I... And I don't, and it's funny because I obviously can be successfully monogamous, but I don't know if I'm necessarily naturally monogamous. So what does that mean? It means I, I, I realize I work hard. I'm in, if I'm in a committed relationship, I'm in that committed relationship, but I don't think monogamy is necessarily a natural thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically, I don't think it's gender specific either. Like I think, you know, women can stray and want to stray just as much as men, mm-hmm. not to say I want to stray now, but looking back maybe, you know, in the past, yeah, developing little crushes and things and thinking, what does this mean? You know, I, <laughs> so it's, it's interesting. And then my first marriage, I was with that same man for 16 years, had two children with him. I must have been single for a week and I met my husband. Shut the front door. Okay, so you're together. <laughs> so I kind of want to know about this and, and I don't yeah. know how like open you want to get into like detail, but like, so after that 16 years, right? I think, was there a breaking point before you guys decided to get a divorce? And um, I mean, and the reason I asked that is because from, in my first episode, I talked to Jen and, and she was, and I had asked her in regards to the person that I'm dating now who finalized his divorce but we started dating before he like filed the paperwork mm-hmm. but he's been separated right and so sure. for me i'm like well are there legal implications is this normal because i've never been in that position mm-hmm. and she goes maria you gotta realize most people are already like dating or found somebody before they're they're already like finalizing all their their paperwork and i was like whoa this is like a new concept for me sure so i kind of want to know like what was your experience okay well i honestly would have stayed with my first husband forever I loved him. I was in love with him. I still love him, but he's like family. The parameters are obviously different. We have kids together. Um, He was, is great looking and smart and funny and energetic. Um, He became an alcoholic though. Mm. And so it was a a devastating unraveling Mm -hmm. um, because we had, I mean, I'm not, no, you know, I'm not shy when it comes to alcohol myself and my husband now even jokes. He's like, man, he must've drunk a lot for you to leave him over booze because you like your drink. So, um, it was, it was sad because we had had so much fun socially drinking and just hanging out and being young. We were, you know, in our, he was in early twenties. I was in mid twenties when we met mm-hmm. and then we had two kids. And by the time I hit 40, I was like, Oh my gosh. What's happening to him? Mm-hmm. Couldn't keep a job, couldn't keep anything. So I I really wrestled with that. Yeah. I, I felt obligated. I made a commitment. I stood up in front of God and everybody and my family and everybody. We had two kids, but I said, they can't be in the sinking ship with me. They need to 
to see what it means to be a strong woman. And I can't exemplify being a strong woman if I say, it's okay that your dad doesn't work. It's okay that your dad sits around and drinks. All no. Yeah. So that's how it ended. And wow. then, um, yeah. And yeah. And how did you and your now husband meet? Huh. Okay. So let me back up a minute here. Okay. So with, with my first husband, um, I was advised that financially it would make sense to legally separate. Mm -hmm. So I did. I legally separated from him. And I was going through this process and I, um, I'm friends with someone and she had a neighbor and he was getting divorced and he met me we met each other mm -hmm. and he said whoa your friend and she said ah, 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 ah. no 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 she's trying very hard to hang on to what she's got going on yeah. I know you guys you know got like <laughs> kaput but no 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 and he said oh man well let me know because if she leaves her husband yeah so she you know called him up one day and said hey guess what and he said, well, when are you going to see her? And she said, Friday. And he said, I'll be there. And I'm telling you, Maria, oh, man, it was instantaneous because we sat in the backyard and we cried together and we talked about how shitty this was. He has two kids. I have two kids. Yeah. I took, I just looked at his eyes. It was the weirdest thing. And he just has these beautiful, like, hazel eyes. And I yeah. just thought, oh, my gosh, I, it's my obligation to protect him for pain and so I, it was just I don't know I was probably drunk <laughs> I don't mean what does it matter right drunken thoughts or I drunken just nope, yeah. thoughts. I don't know didn't kiss him that night none of that but just and she said get out to him put me to bed at her house yeah and said you two separate oh my separate God. corners such and, a such a mom move uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> and then next week the very next week we kissed and then that was that that was that. And it was like, was it like a pure, like love at first sight situation almost? Or do you feel like it was just a lot deeper because you guys were in such like pivotal stages in your lives? I think, I think it's, yeah, what you said. Yeah. It was, it was deeper. It was way deeper because like when I would, when I reflected on it that week after mm -hmm. meeting for the first time, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. You kids and you're in your forties and you're like grown up job. <laughs> what are you doing? You're acting like a lovesick puppy. And I even told her cause she texted me and she said, um, you need to be less charming because my friend has a crush on you. And I sent back a text. I said, tell him I am not a crush candidate. I, oh my gosh. I can't do this right now. Okay. So this story just unraveled. So, okay. So you can't do this anymore. So what, I mean, he keeps trying or did you come back to him? I or? went over to her house that very next week. And then he, in the meantime, cyber stalked me, which is funny. Here we are. Welcome. <laughs> he found me, um, from my job and went to the school website and emailed me and said, I know this is bananas, but like whatever you need, just if it's a friend, if it's, I, I like you a lot, like kind of thing. And I just loved it. It was really great. And I said, well, I'll go to her house on Friday. And then that was odd. I just love, well, one, I really like that he was like assertive in that sense. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's also rare to find like in our generation, not, well, my dad was very much like that, but I found like, even from anybody that's in that generation gap that I've talked to, everyone's kind of been like, yeah, we just kind of met one person and it was immediate and we kind of dated versus this kind of like count mouse chase pull and then they mm. really were trying to like get and swoon the other party like i felt like that like tends to die out a lot um so i yeah i genuinely love that he did that 
Oh, same. Yeah. Cause, and he's that way. And, and I mean, he, a couple months later was like, I really need to tell you something. And I said, no, you don't. <gasps> no, you don't. He said, Gina, what, come on. Like, you know, if I want something, I go after it. And I, I, I love you. And I was like, okay, <laughs> time for you to go. Like, I mean, I don't think it was that drastic, but I, I didn't say it back. And I, were I, you just concerned about like the whole like family, kids, like pivotal oh, moments? Yeah. I just, you know, I had, were they three and six? But did you feel like you weren't entitled to find happiness? Like, yeah. Oh, there was a lot of guilt. Okay. And what was, yes. if you'd only asking your um, ex-husband at the time, did you know if he was dating or that was just something that you weren't willing to even think about it? I didn't, I didn't mind his dating, honestly. Mm. I mean, he um, hooked up with this really like great looking, I, I don't want to call her a girl, that's demeaning, but she was young. Like, I want to mm. say 25, maybe. Oh. Gorgeous. And I was like, way to go, man. Um, if that's what's going to make you feel better. Yeah. But, you know, it, it was difficult for both of us. And um, and I remember one, one conversation where he said to me, look, you know, I'm making all these changes. I've done all these things. I will do whatever. And I'm asking you to do one thing, and that's stop seeing Mark. And I said, I, I can't do that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because you finally found happiness. It was, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. The timing was, I feel, inappropriate. Yeah, there was, there was, there was still a lot of guilt. Yeah. And I, I don't know about that, but I mean, it just, when I talk about it, I feel like, yeah. oh yeah, that was fast. But when you have like years of history with somebody, I think, I even think about like, you know, my ex, my longest term ex was like four years. Like there's like times that I feel a lot of guilt and I'm like, this person was just in my life for four years and it just happened to not work out. But I'm like, why am I feeling guilty? This is not somebody I wasn't even living with engaged to you mm. talked about marriage with so i'm like i think it's just natural again when you have history and, and that can be with friends with family with anybody mm. right so for sure but you're entitled to feel like you do it's like totally normal and natural but again i think people just don't feel like they, they should feel that right i wonder if it's a female thing too that sense of like you're supposed to be the nurturer you're not supposed to be the one that's you know hurting people you're supposed to be yeah maybe mm -mm. but I, I know men that feel guilt too like I, I think, but, but that, I think you're right. Maybe it is more like prominent in the, in the kind of female gender, mm -hmm. but I mean, I can't tell you, I'm not, I'm not like a therapist or I have no <laughs> idea. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> We're just over here guessing what well, maybe, but, oh, I um, know. <laughs> but so when you got, when you, <laughs> armchair specialist, dead. I try to be like a therapist, but it just, you know, not trying to go to school for 10 years. Um, <laughs> So when you and Mark, obviously, like you guys, like your relationship flourished, did that affect the, your kids? Because I know that that was like a big worry. Did they have questions? Or? Oh man, was that, oh yeah, that was the roughest, roughest part. Now mine were young enough to where it seemed seamless. Yeah. It seemed like, oh my gosh, this is so great. They have a second dad. Talking to the 18 year old, you know. Now that he's grown, he's like, oh, no, no, I couldn't stand him. Not for the person he was, but because it wasn't dad. Mm -hmm. And because um, he he met that first girlfriend that I told yeah. you, the hot one that, mm -hmm. um, that his dad had dated. And then his dad dated another woman for a while. And then um, his dad dated, started dating the woman that he's now married to. So mm -hmm. once that relationship had solidified, my 18-year-old was like, 
oh, okay, it's, it's balanced, it's okay. This Mark guy's not taking mom away. Dad's got his own life, it's okay. It made sense to him. Um, and it's funny to hear him talk. He's like, yeah, I didn't know about Mark, but he kept buying me Legos. So I was like, well, fuck it. He's gotta be a pretty nice guy then. I'm not gonna lie, Legos are expensive. Only because in yes. quarantine you start looking for like things and hobbies and That's shit to funny. do. It's like three hundred dollars for normal like lit large Legos. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So Mark yeah. must have loved your kids. <laughs> Very much so. And then my other one was my baby was into Imaginext, and so he'd get him all those little like figures and ha ha houses and yeah. the little ones. Like I thought Mark was great because I, my, you know, I threw my Batman and it ended up on the roof, and Mark got it down for me. So it, it was great. Mm -hmm. Um because even my 18 year old at the time was like, I was too little to say anything, but I'd give him side eye. <laughs> um, his kids at the time, um, his daughter was seven going on eight. Okay. She immediate with her. I met her before I met Mark. Mm -hmm. She sat in my lap. Um, I'm seven. Do you like crafts? I'm Becca. <laughs> yeah. She sat in my lap. We did crafts. Um, his son was 13. And I, oh boy, that was hard because I was arrogant. Like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I teach middle school. I got this age. Yeah. Mm-mm. No, no, no. Totally different thing. And he was miserable. Angry. Blamed me for everything. Maria, I'm pretty sure like if anyone asked him, global warming would have been my fault. Like, he was pissed. And once I started just, okay. With being defensive, yeah. this this boy's gonna grow up to be a man who's gonna revere his wife because he's protecting his mama. Yeah, and how beautiful is that? So once I got over my fucking self, mm -hmm. um, uh, and it was still hard, you know. Yeah. Oh, I don't want I don't want Gina there, Dad. Gina doesn't get to come, and this and just different. Like he would have rules. Yeah. Um, but we finally just said, fine. We're not going to make any sudden movements where we won't move in together. We won't get married. We'll let you graduate high school. And so how long did like the issue with him kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I guess. Percolate. Continue. Yeah, sure. Percolate. That's <laughs> even better than continue. I'm an uncultured swine. I don't know. Illiterate fuck over here. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to sound all smart. I'm like, don't have a dictionary. You don't even look at swine. People hear the pages of the thesaurus yeah. rustling. <laughs> um, it was years. It was years. Yes. Oh, God. And did that affect, like, your guys' relationship? Or did he, was he able to, like, work with you? Like, you and Mark? Most of the time, we would commiserate. We would be like, oh, man, this sucks. I, yeah. I'd say, I'm sorry because I know it hurts you as a dad to see your boy like mm -hmm. this. And he'd say, well, I, I feel bad for you because you're, the, like, the nicest person in the world. And how can he yeah. not like you? And, um, you know, and I'm sure we had a few disagreements about it. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, we weren't going to allow it because we, like, I just feel like with a second marriage, you're like, oh, dear God, don't fuck this up. Yeah. Especially when you're blending a family. Yeah. You know, so. And I always wonder about that. I'm like, being in relationships and dating is hard enough. Like, there are already issues that you deal with, like, no matter what age you're at, no matter what area in your life you're at, whatever that may be, right? But, like, coming into to another, like, quote unquote family and then not like it's not that you don't even have family it's both of you have family so now it's how does he integrate it with yours and how do you integrate with his so now you throw these like two big curveballs and that's so many fucking stressors oh to gosh. put on both of you yeah so it's like how do you navigate the waters but 
I'm sure like after also being married for those 16 years, you've learned like a lot of ways to obviously like handle kids and handle like different kind of scenarios. So you've probably, I mean, I assume that it was like a more like mature kind of like bridge. Oh gosh. Like I don't want to toot, you know, my own horn, but I will say like, we just, we had to, we had, we had to just put the kids first. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing when you're in the budding you know, yeah. aspects of like the relationship, you want to put each other first. Mm-hmm. Couldn't, wouldn't. I almost want to ask, like, did he kind of, did, I mean, was he understanding? But I felt like he has to be because he has kids. You always are going to put your kids first. Or did he have qualms with it? That's a really good question. Aren't you perceptive? Um, <laughs> well, I don't, yeah, I, I just, I, I came out Swinging like that. Those those are yeah. my first words. Like these boys are always coming first. Mm-hmm. I, I and I know like the traditional kind of trajectory of like a marriage is you you've got to put each other first. Okay, um, but I disagree with second marriages if you have children. Yeah, there, I there there was no way I was gonna tell my kids. Okay, well I you know I birthed you. <laughs> I've known you your whole lives, but hey, this this guy that just came here, he's number one. Like, I, no. Yeah. Mm-mm. Damn, dude. And so, okay. So I know you said with his with his son, it took a couple years to uh-huh. kind of like bridge that strange gap when you kind of came in the picture. But at what point did you feel like all of those issues were passed or did they ever pass? Like, are you still mm. dealing with the like, I guess, like with the resistance from your kids on both sides? I feel like with my two mm-hmm. and with my stepdaughter, no, that yeah. those three just psh, glommed on. Mm-hmm. Um, and my stepson's six years older than my stepdaughter and yep. seven years older than my oldest. Oh, okay. So there's quite a bit of an age difference. Um, but I feel like with my stepson, I would say like sophomore, junior year, he started coming around. I mean, and so we would we would all hang on holidays and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, but like I said, you know, just waiting until he graduated from high school to not disrupt his gig, you know? Yeah. I think he respected that. I mean, I know he respected that. And then he went away to college, you know? And Yeah. Do you feel like you guys were able to like build a like stronger relationship after that? Like, or is he, so you're, or you're saying he's in college right now. And no, he's no graduated. He's actually, okay. um, he works full time, but he had to leave where he was living. So he actually lives with us half time. He goes to his mom's okay. and they switch and he and his sister and cause we have a four bedroom. So that yeah. he sleeps in her room half time. It's bananas, but it, I mean, interesting. Yeah. It's a so, lot. It's crazy. You know, what we just talked about, I mean, I, say, I feel like I say this in every episode. I was like, I don't want kids. So, like, I'm always, like, so interested in how, like, the perspective is for people that have kids and many kids and blend the families. Yeah. And yeah. then there's, like, so many little things that you have to think about. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of, like, why I asked all that. But I guess I'll, like, pivot a little bit. Wait, so, can I say something? Oh, uh, yeah. Regarding your kid thing. Okay. Lay it on me. Here we go. No, no, no. I, 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 I won't sit here and, okay. and come at you. I will just tell you that um, I never wanted kids, mm-hmm. ever. I hated, well, I wouldn't say I hated, but I really did not like being a teenager. So it's kind of funny that I work with teenagers now because I'm like, I freaking love them now. Mm-hmm. hated them when I was you yeah. know, a teenager. I didn't want kids. I didn't want to get married because I saw my parents have 
just this toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. And then after that, they divorced and then they had toxic relationship after toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. I thought, I'm never doing this. Yeah. Ever. Until I met my boy's dad. And the reason I changed my mind, even like, I don't know if I had even thought about it. It just, it just wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, he started talking in the pronoun using we. And when we do this and when we, do, I was like, what? We're getting married? Yeah. <laughs> We're having kids? And suddenly the narrative started to rewrite itself. I, that's all I wanted to say. I, I don't want to wag my finger. Yeah. I'm not doing that at all. Well, I mean, and what I've, okay. So, and maybe I should backtrack too. And what I've always said is that I do not like talking in absolutes. However, I'm mm-hmm. on the 75% no side. And for me, it's not saying that like, it's never going to happen, but just, and I'm sure that my mind can change depending on circumstance. It's just, it's, it's never been like a perception in my mind. And the more I talk about it, the less I like want it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only thought about it once, mm-hmm. um, with somebody that I truly did like, you know, truly did love and, and that relationship like essentially failed. Um, mm-hmm. which is, which is fine. I think that that's like a natural trajectory. So like, again, yeah, like I, I just, I would never be like, if I were back on the dating field, like I would never tell like somebody that I met, like, yes, I want children to like lure them in because I want to date them. It's like, I'm going to be upfront and be like, you know what? For the most part, I don't. Yeah. And that's not fair for me to like relay that to somebody who does generally want a family. Right. And they're looking to procreate with somebody that's mm-hmm. like, in the market to date. So, and that's kind of like where I have to stand where I do, because again, being on a teeter totter and then telling somebody three years down the line that you don't want kids when you really don't like, I think that's important. Yeah. Don't, I mean, I think that's being honest with what your goals are in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Like that's as far as I would take it in my early twenties when I, I was in my mid twenties when I met their dad. Yeah. But, um, he was 23 and my thought was he's hot. Mm hmm. (laughs) I want to hang out with him. Yeah. Wow. He has a brain and he's funny. I want to continue hanging out with him. But there are plenty of people out there who want to start dating because they want to be married and have kids. Mm-hmm. And I think you're that's important for you to articulate that. Yeah. Rhea, that's being genuine. Yeah. No, and I, and I agree. And so that's kind of where I stand. But it's, it's always interesting to get, like, the wow factor from people because they're not used to somebody being sure. so, like, absolute, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, like... I just, I can't lie about it and I can't sit here and like pretend, right? Something that I have to think about continuously. Um, And some people just like naturally, they know. Like, I mean, I have, I have good close girlfriends that they're like, dude, I can have 10 kids tomorrow and I'm stoked. And I'm like, that sounds like my nightmare. Yeah. (laughs) You know? So, so yeah, it's just, it's interesting, but I love hearing people's stories. Like it's, I mean, everybody has a different like life path and that's totally cool. And so I just like to learn. So that's why I always like ask the questions. Yeah. Well, uh, seriously, I was 34 when I had my firstborn. Really? 34. And I will tell you, I was dubious about it at best. Mm -hmm. Um, But the minute he came out, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, it's a good little person. Well, shit. Yeah. This is kind of cool. Like it was just so surreal. Yeah. And, um, he, like he, and then having his brother three years later, they, they definitely made sure I was not a selfish bastard Mm -hmm. because I, (laughs) I think without them, I would definitely just be super selfish. Well, and I think too, what a lot of people that the flack that a lot of people that don't want kids get is that common is that they're selfish. And I'm like, but I would rather almost be selfish, right? When I'm not when and if I don't have kids, 
because I know that like I want a life where I want to travel, I want to do mm-hmm. what I want to do, and yeah. I think it would be selfish personally to bring something into this world that I it's not that I don't believe in, but that I I don't feel that I'm capable of like raising mm-hmm. or like that I have the funds to raise mm-hmm. or like I'm in a space to mentally to raise. Like mm-hmm. that's not fair either because then you look at this population of children that's put up for like adoption or really mm-hmm. come from broken families that or have like, shitty parents. Mm-hmm. Totally. I see so many of those. Yeah. And like, I, and like, I don't want that. And like, I don't know. I also like, I don't know. My background's really different. Like I come from like an immigrant family where my parents were never around, not because they, they didn't want to be around. They just couldn't like financially, like they needed to be working mm-hmm. long, long hours. So it was just kind of like my cousin and I who were like doing our own thing. My grandparents would kind of oversee us for a little bit. So like <laughs> my perception of family is like a little bit skewed comparative to like the average person who had a full household, yeah. had a dinner. Oh, I get it. I never sat down for dinner with my family until the year I moved out. Hmm. mid 20s isn't that and that's that's weird for people because american families they're like oh we have dinner every night at like 6 or 7 p.m and i'm like i what mm. like i would literally be like i remember i'd come home and like i'd stand on the side of the counter like eating off of like a napkin because i like wanted and want to wash dishes too i'm just like eating quick my mom's like just like sit down and eat and i'm like no i gotta go so that was our dynamic right mom's on the computer dad's upstairs doing something i'm just like eating standing there talking to my mom and then i bounce out and i'm out the door right yeah. we never had this like typical family dynamic that a lot of big families do. So maybe that, like if I had a different upbringing, maybe that would change. Right. But I don't know any different. Yeah, exactly. Well, same, same with me. Like I, you know, I've already described my crazy toxic upbringing and like, Oh, how am I going to get out of that weird pattern? Right. But so I guess on that end too, like with how your, with how your kids and how Mark's kids have like watched your guys's obviously divorces and then new marriages has that changed their perception of dating and like how they date? That's, that's a great question. Okay. So I feel like I want to quote my stepson, which is, he's fucking funny, but, um, he made a comment one time about, yeah, I just kind of want to get that first marriage out of the way so I can just have happiness with my second wife, which (laughs) is hysterical, heartbreaking, um, intuitive, like it's so many things. It's a compliment to mm-hmm. his dad and to me, mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, coming from him and, and he was so cute at the, <laughs> the wedding yeah. too. His toast was, well, yeah. as you all know, I was for this from the very beginning. Well, we all laughed. Um, so I thought that was telling, um, on his part, um, as far as, uh, the rest of them, um, I can't speak much about the stepdaughter. I'll, yeah, okay. Um, but, and my 15-year-old is, you know, late bloomer. My senior... No, he's not a senior anymore. Oh, my gosh. He's a college kid now. Sorry, kid. <laughs> they grow up too fast. Yeah, he's an adult. He's 18. <laughs> but he did have a, um, a long-term relationship in high school. Okay. He dated for two years. Mm-hmm. And um, she is lovely. Um, and... I immediately, of course, wanted to mother hen her. Mm -hmm. Um, Her mom was not present in her life. And um, they they had a pretty good relationship. But I feel like they kind of combusted at the end. um, Because she kind I think what she was looking for... And I even told my son this. I think she's looking for a 30-year-old. And he's like, I know. And I'm like, 16. 
don't know how to be a th- you know yeah. so and he, and he ended up getting his license and getting a job and you know he is, is adulting pretty well his emotional intelligence is through the roof but I feel as if um for him he thinks or thought I don't and I you know that it's his responsibility to take care mm-hmm. of people and I and I am ruminating that thought like where are you getting that idea and have you had that talk with him yeah and what's his response does he like does it kind of open his eyes does uh, he... his eyes are open okay um he he said yeah I, I realized I you know I was trying to to fix things mm-hmm. I said that's not your job mm-hmm. oh no I know I know I said so you know maybe next relationship you just think a little more carefully mm-hmm. before but but he is so loyal he's my he's a leo and i don't really prescribe to too much in terms of well, we sometimes like to look <laughs> but he's a leo and he is a lion and he is fiercely protective mm-hmm. and um in fact william means the protector mm. which is his birth name you know okay. so i He's very much by nature, yeah. Uh huh. And um, so I see that propensity in him, and I think a lot of that comes from you know my being a single mom. Like even though I was with Mark, we lived in separate residences, and and um, you know my my oldest thought, okay, well, I got to be the man of the house, yeah. And this is this little guy, you know. Uh-huh. And he d- takes it very seriously that he's an older brother. Um. Nathaniel is my baby's name. He's 15. He's not a baby. Mm-hmm. Four inches taller than I am. But, um, and his name means gift from God. And so his older brother is like, you're my responsibility. Keeps that kid in line. Wow. Like, it's pretty great. So, yeah, I mean, and I think, though, that's the biggest reason why I couldn't stay married to their dad. Yeah. They're watching. Little eyes are watching. I, I can't be a bad role model of what to look for in a woman. Yeah. It becomes like an allowance almost. Correct. Like in your life. Yeah. Yeah. You got you to gotta pick a chick who can, you know, mm-hmm. hold her own. and Yeah. That's so interesting. Do you feel like they take your value and opinion into like the people that they date? Or do you feel like they're pretty fiercely independent in like how they choose their partners? I think that there's a divide like with some people, right? Some people are like, yeah. oh my gosh, my parents' opinion is everything. Like my, my parents' opinion always sits in the back of my head. Um, well, one, because I feel like they're going to just disapprove with every, of everybody. <laughs> and, and, again, and let you know. And I think it's just a cultural thing again. Yeah. But um, I wonder like how it is maybe for your kids. Um, I think they really heed our advice. Mm-hmm. I, I do. Um, you know, of course, like they're going to do what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, um, I don't, I honestly feel, and I could be completely deluded, but I don't think so. I think they value our opinion because I think you, if you show your kids what is right Mm -hmm. and you do like for Mark and me, you know, every weekend we're like, okay, we need private time. It's we're and now with the pandemic, you know, mm-hmm. we can't really go and go out to yeah. eat, but like we, we always have a date night every single week 
um, weekend. We still do, but now it's just like at home. Yeah. And we're just up front. Don't come to the back side of the house. Ew. <laughs> like, do you want us to tell you? I love that. Or do you want to just have an awkward moment where you're like, what the fuck am I hearing? <laughs> so, oh my god. Sorry. Do you, so... Do they ever like tell you stories about like their kind of like dating life and do they, and do you know if they work on their relation, work on their relationships in the same way, like allocating time to spend with their significant other or really being like intentional with how they're utilizing their time and talking to those people or do you feel like they're just kind of trying to figure it out because they're young? I think, um, well, the, none of them really has an extensive dating history. I mean, my stepson had, I don't know how long he dated his girlfriend yeah. in high school, but it was a significant amount of time, like for a high school relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, like I said, William was with his, I think for almost two years. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than like, and I know my gosh, my firstborn was such a fuck boy. Like, Sorry, son, if you're listening to this. We love you. <laughs> but like, um, yeah. And he was upfront about it. And I just said, be certain that you're communicative yeah. with these ladies because they don't need to think, oh, you know, he loves me. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, no, no. I'm very upfront. And I'm kind of curious too, because they're, he's, so he's in the younger generation, way below, what, what are they? The gen, gen Z? Gen, are they Gen Z? I think so. Okay. Okay. So... I assume that when you say he's a fuckboy too, he's using apps and a lot of it's less so of like meeting people in person, right? So he's just like out there, like social media, like meeting all these like women or whatever. These people that he's in classes with that he's kind of That like are DMing him and saying like, I want to hook up. Shut and he's up. like, okay, but like. How normal is that? Okay, does he, okay, so I'm kind of curious. Okay, does he <laughs> tell you, does he give you details of like. Mom, like, I had seven chicks today. <laughs> he's, he's pretty open to the point where sometimes I'm like, I need to fucking tap out. <laughs> like, yeah, he's very, very upfront. I love and respect that. My younger is super closed mouth. How, like, I want to know, like, so how prominent is that in their dating life? I guess, like, do they find more success in, like, the typical platforms or more so on dating apps? Has he ever said that? He's, I don't think he's ever... No. Been on a dating site oh. or would oh. need to be on a dating site. But this is pre-pandemic though too. Mm. Okay. Like, I mean, it, it's funny. Like, he'll, you know, he went to a party a couple months ago. Yeah. You know, post-pandemic. But this is like right when things were starting to kind of lighten up too. And yeah. so there was a party and he's like, I hooked up. Like, la, 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 la. Oh my God. Mom ears. Nope. No thanks. La, la, la. That's funny. I love that he's open with you like at this early of an age because I didn't even start telling my mom about my sex life until like after I moved out. And then it would like be really like like incognito. So I'd be like, yeah, this guy and I. And she'd be like, oh, I don't, I don't want to know. I don't want to like, <laughs> right? And then it just like all of a sudden out of nowhere, I just started like fucking with my mom. And so I would like <laughs> joke about having sex. My parents obviously knew I was like sexually active and had boyfriends or whatever, like long-term relationships. But I started like planting the seed and planting the seed. And then one Love day it. we just opened up and my mom and I had this like three hour discussion. And that was like this eye opening thing for us that we Aww. could have those conversations. Like I could come to her for like advice and communication and granted we see things so differently, but yeah, it's kind of cool that like your son, yeah. right? So like this opposite gender is coming to you at like such a young age and be like, oh yeah, mom, I was like hooking up with this girl. And you laugh, you almost like laugh it off. Yeah. Um, 
But what are like, I guess like some of the biggest things that you're seeing that like differentiate the way that your kids are dating or maybe your like oldest one is comparatively to like how like you dated? Oh gosh. It's so different. Like I was at spin mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there, I'm, you know, nearly dead. And this woman's sitting next to me and I could hear like, um, the ladies talking peripherally, but because I work with like teenagers, mm-hmm. I tune out so much stuff and I live with teenagers and they're loud motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. So I'm just accustomed to tuning people out. So this woman sitting next to me, I, she's probably my age. She leans over and she goes, Oh my gosh, aren't you so glad you don't have to date right now? Mm-hmm. And I laughed. I said, yeah. And she goes, they're talking over there about like all this stuff. And, and my husband and I talk about that too. I don't know how y'all do it. And these weird things like, oh, right now we're just talking. We're just talking. I'm like, what does that fucking mean? You're just talking. Like in the eighties, we just hooked up. Like you, you had enough like freaking wine coolers and strawberry boon farm sh- <laughs> shit. <laughs> Jesus. Cheap wine. What the fuck is boon farm? Oh, because look it up. It's a Gen X thing. Oh it's my God. strawberry boon farm something. It's strawberry wine. Shitty $2 bottle of wine. We'd get loaded AF. That's how you hooked up. I would I was swiping and <laughs> what are you people doing? <laughs> you know how much commitment and time it takes to goddamn swipe for hours. I swear, I because I have friends who are. Your, um, give me that phone. <laughs> she wants to hook up with you. No, he didn't even. He, he's oily. Ew. I I can't. I can't. So yeah, like I I don't know. Um, I don't think my stepson has done any. Any of that online stuff. Yeah. I mean, maybe he. I he doesn't talk as openly. Good God, as the eighteen-year-old does. But yeah. Um. Well, that's just. I. I just know that. Like, like I always talk to like random people like the studio that are just, you know ten years younger than I am. Not that I'm like aging myself, but still, I want to know, right? Because I'm like, how different is it? Like, yeah. what apps are you guys on that I like wasn't on? Like. Blah, blah. And they like have, you know, they're all like Tinder's been resurrected and they're sitting over a swiping and then she's going through of like what she likes and doesn't like in dudes pictures and how they're like on Snapchat DMing. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is so exhausting on so many levels. And like, it is. Okay. I do. I have a story for you because I keep in touch with a lot of former students. Yeah. yeah. She is 19. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I have a boyfriend. You do? Well, I haven't met him yet. What does that mean? Well, I mean, like, we talk all the time. We FaceTime. How did you meet? He found me on Insta. The fuck? What do you mean he found you on Insta? No, it was really weird. Like, one time, I just got this DM, and it was this guy. Do you have mutual friends? Huh? How did you find him? How did he find you? I don't know. Ask him. How did he find you? And she said, oh, he was just like rando scrolling. He found me. What? So they've had this DM relationship that has escalated. Yeah. FaceTime. <laughs> and they talk like every night. And that, but she's considering that a, like a relationship? They're in a relationship. They're considered a relationship. And I want to know, is that like, a, so, okay. So you <laughs> hear about this whole like. Not what if he's know? oily? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. But you know, like the whole like 90 day fiance thing, right? Where it's like a lot of people, have you heard the show? No. Okay. So they like, these people are like talking online with their, like this 
other person that they've never met they're sharing text changes and then it comes they're like we're like essentially dating and then it's like time for them to meet and then i think in like 30 days or whatever they get married or something along the lines after they meet but it's like that same concept and i didn't realize like i always think that that shit's like a joke but like the fact that that generation is still assuming that you're still in a relationship with these ambiguous titles of like Mm -hmm. talking and dating and relationships and stuff like it's like really shocking to me because yes in, in my eyes, right, I'm like, dude, I'm not even, like, dating you, like, if I haven't met you. Like, that's, even talking, talking's, like, really, uh, like, a questionable term. And so, like, okay, so in, like, for my generation, right? <laughs> so, I'll tell you, like, with the person, so the person that I'm, that I'm in a relationship with, uh, like, we met online, right? So. Are you labeling it yet? Yeah, yeah. <gasps> um, so, this is going to be in the, this, the episode 10 release that he told me he loved me, so. Oh my I god! Know. Oh, that's neat. I that's know. and you know what? No matter what generation, that's a really cool yeah. milestone. Yeah, that's well, awesome. and I mean the feeling was absolutely mutual. So it was, <laughs> yeah. Where he's like literally the fucking greatest. So yeah. Aww. So I'm super happy, which which is kind of funny that I'm writing a dating podcast and here I am. But it happens when you least it's expected. It's true, absolutely true. Yeah. But like, so we started talking on Hinge and like. We were talking. We probably talked for like a week. We talked like all day, every day. We just felt like it was kind of weird because we don't really have like, naturally, we don't have a lot of like similar interests. However, we're really interested in the opposing party's interests, if that makes sense. So we always have like so many different things that we can communicate about. And again, I'm also a conversationalist and so is he. So we just have an easy time clicking. Same thing in Newmark. It's like the first time you talk, you're like, holy shit, we just click. Um, so we talked for like that week. We've met up in person. We literally just like sat on my couch, like six feet apart. We just talked. We Ooh. talked from like five or 6 PM till maybe like midnight. And then it was kind of like shit. Like we like got to kind of go. Cause I think it was like a, like a weeknight. Met up for a second time. That second time we actually ended up hooking up. Didn't mean to, we were just kind of like drinking. And I was like, look, like I was like, we kind of drink like a bottle and a half or two bottles of wine. I was like, you're more than welcome to stay. Like you can sleep in my couch, my guest room. Or like we can put a pillow divider behind us. And like, I was like, I just, I was generally actually thinking about like his safety. And then I was like, okay, it's fine. Like, you know, we like, if you don't feel safe, whatever. And he was obviously, it's like a dude that's, he's going to stay over. Right. And we click. So he stayed over, you know, did the damn thing. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to ask. So I'm glad you just put it out there. I'm like, does that mean the same in your generation as it does in mine? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Shit got weird. Okay. Um, no, no spitting in mouth rhetoric this time around, but only later. <laughs> Gina's like, make it end. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. It's great. So happy for you. But at that point, right, it was like, then we hung out maybe like three or four times. And then at that point, we were just like talking. Like we weren't dating we were, we were talking and then it was like a month goes by and then you're like okay you've been on enough dates now you're like dating yeah but you're not exclusive right because it's not until you have the conversation are you having these conversations articulating all of these rules oh yeah oh well i mean some people aren't oh yeah this is this dude this is I what's really, really? oh yeah oh yeah 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 and i'm sure it's even worse for like the generation before me why like, i don't is this generational that you all do this Bitch, you weren't doing that? <laughs> no, I met Mark and he was like, all right, yep. Mm-hmm. That's that. You're my girlfriend. Yeah, it's kind of weird because I, I, like, that's what my parents say too. My mom was like, what the fuck? She's like, isn't that cheating? And I was like, no, because you literally haven't made it clear that 
that you're only dating this one person, right? So, and that's why until you have the exclusivity conversation, because <laughs> I know it's so stupid, so stupid at the time, but like I can essentially, and he can essentially be dating 10 other people because he has the right to, right? And yeah, again, but you don't, why does either one of you need to know that? We don't, but that's what I'm saying is until you we have, have, that, have that conversation. Yeah, until you have that conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're right. So when you're in the dating phase, you can date whoever you want to date, right? Like, but we don't owe each other anything. We just don't have the conversation of like, well, did you like, are you dating or whatever? Like if you want to, you can ask, but again, you have to recognize that before you have that final conversation is, well, they don't owe you anything because again, that's the point of dating. And, and so is in the 21st century now. Okay. Right. And then you hit the exclusive, right? There's more. Oh, it does. Then you hit the exclusive conversation, right? So you're just dating now, but you're dating exclusively, not in a relationship. <laughs> you're dating, but you're dating exclusively. So technically it's less official. You're not calling them your boyfriend, but then you can slowly start kind of like bringing them around your friends. What? As a, you, dude, Gina. <laughs> fucking ridiculous as a shit. Okay, I'm a teacher and I'm thinking yeah. this is an outline. And now you're adding extra fucking like areas. Oh, this is the 1A category. Okay, no, no, now we got What the hell? If you're dating and you're exclusive, your boyfriend, girlfriend. I just literally feel like I submitted a work brief. Correct. <laughs> yes. So now, so now you're dating, but you're dating exclusively. So this exclusive. Isn't that boyfriend, girlfriend? Oh, no. So there's really not girlfriend, a Girlfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, boyfriend. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But just officially together, like, like if you want to think Facebook official, right? So this now... Oh, shit, dating, that's right. Yeah, now, now you got to fucking think about that. I never use Facebook, so it doesn't matter to me. Okay. But like... But now I'm like, but even on Instagram, it's like, you really aren't posting the person you're exclusive with on like even Instagram until you're like officially with them. Cause then like, you're still testing the waters, right? So you're still, you're like a couple months in and then eventually when you guys are ready, you can have the, well, what are we conversation or whatever, however people articulate that. Okay. And then that's when you're like, oh, well we're in a relationship or the other, or some people do the whole ask out thing. But I think like that. If you're in your late 20s and 30s, I think that that's really just taboo to like really ask. I think mm -hmm. you just either naturally fall into that or you somehow just have like a clarity conversation. And then now when you're in a relationship, that's when you're like whatever, posting all over social media, doing, you know, These are meeting family, steps. meeting friends. Yeah, I know. It's really fucking annoying. But I mean, I think part of it is kind of nice because it doesn't leave any ambiguity I, if yeah, you, I just thought yeah. ambiguity exactly. right yeah but yeah. if you if you outline it and if you communicate it but there's but when you don't communicate it and you're just like sleeping with this person and kind of telling them you love them but you don't have titles on it or you're just like i'm just kind of taking it easier i'm going with the flow like that's when it causes a lot of issues and i think what happens mm. is like because we have the accessibility of like dating apps and social media until you have all these fucking things figured out that's when it makes it clear, like, maybe I shouldn't be responding to the person that says I want to hook up with you in Instagram DM or like, maybe I should block that person or maybe I should delete my dating apps, right? Like, there's all these questions that are in between. Blocking, that's a, yeah, yeah. that's a male yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. Y'all are blockers. Dude, blockers. You get weird. People say something weird in our DMs. Block. Nah, block them. Block. Block them. Yeah. I don't think I've ever blocked anybody. Yeah. Oh, that's not true. I, but I don't want to, well, I had yeah, a crazy, crazy former student. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. But see, that, like, there, like, the, you have to think about your career, like, the safety of your family and well-being. Like, you have to be strategic there, so I get it. 
Yeah. But, but well, I will say this too, because I am thinking back on the early days of Mark and me, and mm-hmm. I am a lot more fluid. My girl. Like Did I, I talk I, about this all the time. Well, and I Lay just, on me. I, I didn't need a lab, label. Mm-hmm. And of course I was talking to my ex. Mm-hmm. I hate calling my ex. Of course I was talking to the boy's dad. Mm-hmm. But the, you, it's the boy's dad. But that need that didn't need to be said between yeah. us. Like, and I didn't need exclusivity because like, it's like, well, duh. Mm-hmm. I got my hands full. Who the hell else am I going to date? Yeah. I had plans. Oh, I had plans. After the boy's dad, I was I was gonna date so much. Oh, my I was God. gonna date the entire basketball team at Cal State Long Beach for God's sake. You're <laughs> you are my spirit animal. Oh, oh my gosh. No, and I'm so happy that it turned yeah. out the way that it did. But it, it's so funny. My best friend, she's so funny. <laughs> she says to me, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Uh, excuse me. What did I do now? She said, we're all trying to get out of a marriage and you're going back into another one. And then when she met him, she said, yeah, forget it. He's great. That's so interesting. So I kind of want to touch on that point too. Like, is that like like a pretty prominent thought in people that have been married for a long time? Like, because then that raises the question of why even get married if so many people are just trying to get the fuck out, right? (laughs) She's not. And most yeah. of my, most of, I would say like, no, almost all of my friends who are married are happily married, yeah. which is astonishing. Yeah. Maybe it's just more so of like a community comment. It's a, like if, if, if like yeah. it's a joke, like she, and okay, to okay, know yeah. her is she's acerbic. She's, you know, sarcastic. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. She's all those things. Yeah. Um, they want to live like, vic- they want to live vicariously through you is probably uh, what she's. No, yeah. I doubt that. But she, um, mm-hmm. she's the kind of person like she's just, she's funny, sarcastic, yeah. but now loyal. She's been my best friend since we were 12. Yeah. We've been best friends for over 40 years. Um, yeah. And she would, she would do anything for her husband. Do you feel like, I'm, I'm kind of curious, like now I want to bring it back to the whole monogamy thing that, um, cause I was just thinking about it as you were speaking. I know that you had said that like that, you know, obviously the relationship takes work and we're not naturally monogamous, which, which part of me actually agrees with too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think we're not necessarily meant to be with one partner for the rest of our lives. Especially cause we're living so goddamn long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're not living to like fucking 20 anymore. Right. <laughs> Correct. So, and like the, the, obviously the constitution of marriage is it from where it was created is a lot different from where it is now. Mm-hmm. But my thoughts on that are my questions on that, I guess is like, where do your like kids stand in the sense of like the typical trajectory of like, you know, have like dating and then, you know, having like the marriage, the house, the kids, stuff like that. Do you feel like that's like really changed in their eyes or like what you're seeing, even like your high schoolers or your, your kids? I think a lot of it depends on the context, like the, their upbringing, things like that. Kids can get really jaded. I know for my 18 year old son, he is really excited at the idea of of starting his life and going to college and getting a job and starting a family. Um, it's funny. Our two oldest are more, um, communicative with us. Our two younger, we always say, you're so fucking shady, both of Mm -hmm. you. You guys, you don't say anything because they're all 
secretive and yeah. stuff. Um, my stepdaughter, it's great. She and I talk. And, and I think, you know, even with my 15-year-old, it's just a different dynamic. Yeah. He's, mom, you know, he's at that age yeah. where mom's embarrassing and stuff like that. But um, I don't know. I think a lot of it really depends. You know, I've gotten to know my students so well through chat this year mm-hmm. on Zoom. Yeah. Because obviously we're not in the classroom and so many of them will share things. We're reading the diary of Anne Frank and they're like, oh my God, I'd never act like Mrs. Von Don or, oh my gosh, I'd never be like a simp, like Mrs. Frank or, you know, and they'll say all this stuff or, oh, I'm, I'm like Anne Frank because I want to be fabulous and I want to be a writer and I don't want to cook and clean. And my dad thinks that that's what I'm supposed to do. You, you need to go find, you need to marry well and things like that. So I think it really depends so much culturally but I think yeah. just generationally there's still <laughs> that that desire from you know most folks that we like the word trajectory you this is just the path of adulting yeah. this is what you do that's interesting that you so you brought that up right the and we talked about this at the leadership event that I that I uh, that I attended in your class you were too. so great they were um, talking about it still all I I loved them they were so sweet and what I what I actually loved is that they were young I think the average age was like 13 right yeah. yeah. So I think they were like 13. Glug, glug, glug. Baby girl, we got like a full bottle to finish up, uh, <laughs> which we just topped. So I'll do a little thing. But so I think the average age was like 13, right? Yes. You said okay. eighth grade. And what I really loved is that one, they were like extremely diverse and they mm-hmm. all had differentiating opinions and they were all extremely intelligent and they mm-hmm. really kind of like understood like real like true topics. And what I liked is that they're really immersed in social media. They asked the right questions again. They really put up with your ass. I'm kidding. No kidding, right? They're like, good God, this lady again. But that, I I, I mean, and I love that they just, you know, they brought up the whole, uh, the the cultural piece when it comes to dating because I Mm. felt like that I've dealt with that too, where it's like, yeah, 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 they did. That's right. Oh my girls. Well, they, well, so in the sense of like my parents, obviously, and one of the, one of the things that I talked about is like. My dad and my family's always said, you know, marry, marry the strong man, marry the dude that's going to like take care of you where you can have seven mm. kids. You can like kind of stay at home, like cook and clean type of thing. Or like the woman needs to be always beautiful. Like my parents never, yeah, my parents never even let me li- leave the house with a tiny hole in like the back of my legging or something. Like when all my friends were going to school in pajamas, they were like, nope, you have to be dressed to the nines. And I told you guys the story of my mom's sister that would like couldn't afford her water or her electricity bill, but would go take out the trash and her Louis Vuittons because it was Uh, all about appeal. Right. And so I kind of want to know like, what are the biggest, I guess, like differences that you're seeing now when it comes to like gender roles. Right. Because I feel like I still, I'm super progressive on my end, but I feel like a lot of me battles it mainly because I'm my dad's voice, like right in the back of my head. Mm. And granted, I like always can shut it off, but like, it's something that I constantly have to actively think about. I want to be very careful when I uh, say these next words, yeah. just because I don't ever want to generalize mm-hmm. or speak in stereotypes. What I will say, however, is like I said, we're reading the Diary of Anne Frank. Yeah. And um, we're talking about conflicts and we're mm-hmm. talking about how Anne Frank herself was really um, kind of trying to bend the gender stereotype of what it meant to be a woman. Yeah. Um, Anne Frank. Uh, revealed herself as bisexual, which in the 1940s for a young woman to do is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I had so many young women in the chat and Zoom. What? I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, 
we spoke about those those gender norms, those things. Um, I talked about how Anne struggled, and it's a part of conflict. It's eighth grade curriculum. Conflict and plot. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, and she had crushes on girls, and can you imagine what that's like? And I'm like, and that doesn't necessarily even mean that you're gay. So many girls. Wait, what? Like, I have a crush, and I'm, like, having this total, like, like questioning moment. Like, am I gay? Am I, mm-hmm. like, what's, and I'm like, even if you are, so what? Mm-hmm. But you may not be. It's totally normal to be an adolescent female and have these thoughts. Mm-hmm. So we're having these conversations. Another thing that arose for me in terms of like what you were talking about with these with these roles is a lot of my Hispanic girls have said my dad mandates that we cook and clean, my sister and I, and my brother literally sits there and plays video games. Shut the fuck up. Right. And that's normal. That's completely normal. Yeah. So again, I need to be very careful in saying I'm not trying to generalize or stereotype. Mm-hmm. I'm saying... My experience from several of my Hispanic female students have said that this is the norm. Yeah. And I have um, one kid in um, one of my classes, Hispanic male. I want a woman who will cook and clean for me. He sent this to me in the chat today. I said, all right, bro, as long as she's cool with it, have at it. But you need to make sure that this is something that she wants to do willingly, doesn't resent you later. Like, you know, be communicative. Be a, a, a progressive man. Yeah. Okay, Mrs. B. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Eye opening. That's yeah. That's twenty twenty one, man. Like, what are we doing? That's hella interesting, and I think a lot of it does. I, I mean, culturally, it, it makes sense. I think a lot of, especially like immigrant families, come here with the same mindset, right? And mm. and a lot of them don't really follow the stereotypical. Um, what is the word I'm looking for? Like the, not like equal, like what is it? The, progressive? I guess, yeah. So a lot of them don't follow the progressive movement mm-hmm. is, so mm-hmm. thank you for that. Um, and I think especially like for my parents, right? They, they're only following like Russian news and stuff like that. And they call me up and they're like, hey, what's happening in American news, right? Because they just, they know that I'm like liberal enough to like tell them like what's happening and stuff. And they like to fuck with me because my dad's the ultimate troll. So he'll always like make <laughs> jokes and like How jokes and stuff. 55. Oh my gosh, I'm your parents' age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My parents had me, well, my parents had me really young too. Yeah. Um, but, so, <clears throat> anyways, but, but yeah, my parents just, I think because they, they're they not used to the, the progressive ideals, they're just really stuck in their ways, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I have these conversations all the time um, with like some of my friends. I'm like, my friend, like, for example, it's like, it's, there's certain things that I'm like, it's not that my par- parents aren't, they're, they're not racist. It's like they use like Russian terminology that would be translated as racist, but it's not in the community. Like for example, in the Russian community, like it's just normal to like bash on every gender and every stereotype. And there's a really good podcast and I forget, I think it's called like, fuck, it's like the podcast is called like 1916. My ex-roommate recommended it to me, but one of the, one of the episodes talked about in the Jim Crow era, there were a lot of like black communities that were fleeing to Russia because there was no like systemic racism really that was happening. And so like what would happen is that these people would go into restaurants and the black people would never be, uh, you know, essentially like walk to the back of the restaurant inside the restaurant. They would like make the same kind of like quote unquote racial slurs to the black, to white, to Asian, to whatever, to, to whatever community. Yeah. Just because it was other than they didn't give a fuck who mm-hmm. you were. It yeah. was normal and everybody was equal in that way. And mm-hmm. so it was a lot different just here in the States. 
And so like, so to them again, they're just kind of so used to it being like, well, it's like, that's just normal for us. Yeah. So it's kind of like interesting kind of listening to like how they, they like essentially like discuss things and people and ideals and gender roles and stereotypes. And I feel like I almost have to like really navigate their thinking to be like, you know what, maybe you should like change this a little bit. Or what if we thought about it this way? Or like, what if you look at me as like an independent female who is making more money than like say like a male counterpart or whatever and has like a like has a condo she can afford or like has all these other like hobbies and stuff don't you think that that's enough to say like hey i'm equal to the man or like you know look at me in the gym i can literally like squat as much as like this male weighs like there's no there's no difference so we gotta really start thinking about things like differently and so my parents are starting to kind of like come around but i always wonder too like how different was it right like in the dating spectrum and like what would i feel Mm. if i were dating you know in their timeline and how would i choose my partner because i feel like now because these things are all so important to us like we're choosing partners differently because of it like a girlfriend and i had like a conversation the other day like for example she goes i've never had to talk about politics with a partner and she's like, and now that's like an important thing for us you know what i mean like but that's escape it yeah right but that's like a simple example of like how our conversation and our dynamics are changing. So I kind of want to know, like, to now, like, with, with their generation, like, right, your kids' generation, where they have access to social media, and now they're all on dating apps. They're all only online. They've got the Snapchats, the Reels, the TikToks, mm. the everything else, and they're so glued to, like, this singular device, oh right, in their gosh, left or right yeah. hand. Yeah. They no longer, a lot of times, I feel like, know how to have, like, an easy conversation. They can't unplug. They can't put their phone mm-hmm. on D&D because they don't know how to, like, live without it, right? Like... And how does that in the landscape of building like relationships change the more that they move forward, right? Are they able to harness 16 year long marriages? Like, right. Cause yeah. I was like, I can only imagine. I was like, I'm sure you're not sitting there thinking like, oh, well I have this, you know, this app like Instagram where like all these people are giving me constant attention and I'm never bored. I'm never lonely. Right. Because now I know for us, like that's what we have to think about. And Instagram's old. Like, Instagram just hit its like 10 year anniversary. Yeah. So now, like, for us, like, I'm in this middle ground where, like, I know life before the apps, and I know life post the apps, and I'm this bridge where I'm, like, fighting that, where I'm, like, shit, like, I want this real honest com- communication, like, we're having right now, but I also love the instant satisfaction of the dating apps, the, like, Instagram apps, the whatever apps, right? So I'm, like, how do we bridge this divide? And now I can't even imagine, again, your kids going through a world where they don't know any different. And that's the only place many of these kids are getting their serotonin. Yeah, that's yes. scary to me. And then you try to navigate the adult world, and oh my gosh, I just feel like we are creating a generation of addicts mm-hmm. where these kids are just gonna be drunks and dope, dope addicts, and mm-hmm. it's scary. It's scary to contemplate because it's you very- feel like they're hitting the high, like they need high. Sure, all the time. and they they don't know how to be bored. Mm-hmm. They don't have a concept of of longevity Mm -hmm. it's a concern it's definitely a concern but then then i you know but then i i vacillate and i go the other way and i think about all these beautiful souls that i'm blessed to know Mm -hmm. every year that i teach and then my little side hustle where i read these you know applications from these college kids and i go you built a fucking robot (laughs) and you you know fed hundreds of families on thanksgiving that's so cool. Like, you people are some great people. Yeah. We're going to be okay. Like, I think, you know, humanity just goes through these... But that social dilemma thing, man, that freaked me out. Mm-hmm. I know we just talked about that. I feel like 
I think more people need exposure to that. And while yes, they're like in the documentary, it needs some like fact checking and things like that. And people need to make their own, like Mm. their own observations and you do their own research. Like I always say, like back your sources, no matter Mm. what you see, it's still eye opening because for the most part, everything that you do online is engineered by somebody who's making you want to come back to the app. Doesn't matter what you're doing, what you're on. And always remember, if an app is free, you are the product. Because that app is getting paid through. Because it's not getting paid by you as a consumer. It's getting paid by the ad companies who are trying to sell you something. And it's just so interesting being on those apps because you know that they have a different purpose than their like philanthropic methods or whatever that they're saying that they're doing. Like, oh, bringing people together or whatever. You sure? Maybe that's the marketing mission. <laughs> but how do you think you pay for that? Yeah. You know, so you have to think about it. And this is from coming from a girl who works in marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Again, we, we want to do the greater good. We want something X, Y, and Z, but we got to sell you. We got to sell the dream. Bottom line, money. Yeah. It's, always. It always comes down to that, right? Like yeah. how do these companies have money? So especially with so- social media, like they're huge conglomerates. Uh, there's got to be like another agenda, you know? So I guess what I want to know is like, you you teach you know you're in tune and in and in rooms and scenarios whatever like with so many different people and age groups and things like that and i feel like you've you know you've seen it all you're so open-minded and and i guess like what is your advice to people who are in the like the younger generation um kind of from seeing your dating experience and what they're dealing with like i guess to them moving forward to have like a healthy and like fruitful Mm like fulfilled, I guess, life and relationship. It's a um, long-winded question. No, no, no. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, well, you got to talk to people. It can't, it can't be through a phone. Mm-hmm. Just talk to people. Um, and you have to have the hard talks. Um, I was very fortunate because I was very lustful yeah. in choosing um, my first husband. Mm-hmm. Um, I... And I, I was like smitten mm-hmm. and you, if you're trying to, if your goal is longevity, you have to have some heart filled conversations and it's, and like, I mean, you're, you know, all these little rules and parameters mm-hmm. that, that makes me super nervous, but there has to be a way in which you, um, Find out like if your goals align. Mm-hmm. Cause if you're a workhorse and your partner isn't, that's a long-term problem. Yeah. Um, if you are entering a relationship to get married and have kids, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to mock it with the mock voice, but um, then you have to have that conversation. That has to just there need to there are things that need to be said. Mm-hmm. And you know, you, you just, you have, and it's difficult because when you're young, I don't think you entirely know who you are. So I, oh my gosh, I, um, I think the key is perhaps even before engaging in any kind of idea about a long-term relationship is understanding who you are yourself because you ain't going to get anywhere. Yeah. Unless you know that. Unless you know. All right. If he cheats on me, is that a, de- is that a deal breaker? Um, if he drinks too much, is that a deal breaker? If, um, you know, just, if he doesn't have a job. If I support the family, 
despite my progressive nature, I'm, I'm a feminist and I think everything's equal. But are you going to be upset if you're having to support the family? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you have to be clear with who you are? Yeah, and aligning those ideals. I think that's, yeah, in a nutshell. It's fucking powerful. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, it's true. I absolutely agree with you. Like, I mean, as much as we talk about not taking the whole, like, eat, pray, love shit to go find yourself, like... <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I think you and I are, are so intuitive and like knowing who we are. And I feel like what you and I at least or our personalities do best is putting ourselves first in the sense of like really finding out who we are, what we like, what we don't like, how to communicate that and like really being in tune with that power and then communicating it with our partners. Right. And that's like a long-term process and that doesn't stop when you're in relationships. And I think that that's mm-hmm. what people think of, right? They think that like, oh gosh, oh, that's a relationship. Yeah. That's smart. No, Maria, that's super smart. That needs to be said again. Yeah. It, the growth doesn't stop. Once Let me tell you one more time. Growth does not stop. <laughs> once you're in the relationship. It's true. And you can have maybe, you know, a couple relationships too before you fucking figure it out. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I mean, dude, people date nonstop. I mean, I took, you know, I took some time to like date, you know, multiple people in like 2020 and that was fine. That helped yeah. me grow in a lot of ways. But again, yeah. I also took years and trying to figure out what did I really want out of life and myself mm-hmm. and like how can I really be a little better like as a partner and for myself because I think like you've got to find like love on the day-to-day because you're the only person you go home to every night and like mm-hmm. are you happy with that person right because if you're not how are you going to offer anything else to somebody else I always tell so. my students that when you go to bed at night it's your head on that pillow and I said mm-hmm. I don't care if you believe in God or the tooth mm-hmm. fairy or the Easter bunny mm-hmm. you put your head on your pillow so behave in a way um, that is genuine to who you really truly are. And if you're a truly terrible person, you better behave better and yeah. figure it out. Yeah, rebel. That's your conscience. Like you gotta be in tune with that and mm-hmm. who you are. And oh my gosh, we're deep. I love it. We're deep, deep baby. But I mean, if I wake up in the middle of the night and there's a dollar under my pillow before because I believe in the tooth fairy over the Easter bunny, I'm not mad about it. So. No. Just talk about that good juju. Yeah, it's fine. Um, well, Gina, I think that that's, I feel like we covered everything. So much. So much. I freaking loved it. And you're such a vision and I literally love your light anytime I get to be a part of it. So, but let's, I know, I feel like we have like a tiny, oh yeah, it's not empty. So there we go. I know the wash back or the backwash. Cheers, little mama. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. (laughs)